You're listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. Now we've officially started. Huh? <laughs> How good is that? So the replay, when you hear it, well, whatever. <laughs> the Facebook Live part will be fantastic, and you'll love it. If you'll note, we are socially distanced, sort of. No one wants to be near Dano. <laughs> Last experience in the washroom. No, I'm kidding. That's that's just <laughs> offside. I didn't need to go there, um, but we are uh, we are protecting our best friend here, Dano, with masks and everything, uh, as we should be, anyways, in a smaller space. So, uh, taking care of all of that. So, lots of discussion going to happen here on Facebook Live. We'll be here to take questions on all things indoor and what's coming ahead for you in regard to the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. First and foremost, though, I want to thank everybody, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Um, thank everybody who was involved with our outdoor program because it was stellar. Uh, I thought both having all the players out there that were involved, the TLs involved, the coaches that were involved, parents to come watch their uh, daughters and sons play in the in the the great game, the wonderful game. Um, I can't thank you guys enough because it's uh, as much as I thank all the admin people within this club uh, for putting together what they put together um, for all that the tech people do when they're on the field. Uh, but for you guys to, to come out and, and perform and be players and be parents um, it, within those groups and to be so helpful with us through the, the COVID thing and the, the new sort of normal here for us in footy. Um, very thankful for it all. Um, so hopefully we can continue that for this indoor season. And, uh, I'm sure everyone in this room, um, and by the way, we have, uh, Dean Masterangelo here. We have Digo Vinder, we have Dano Drummond, and we have Debbie Ballum here as well. Um, if just in case you couldn't see through the masks, <laughs> we were, <laughs> I just thrown it out there. I could have had glasses on and a hat and you wouldn't have known who the I hair was. gives it away. The, yeah, the lack of hair gives it away. Um, but yeah, so 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 we're ready to go. We're ready to go on to the new program, and um, hopefully everybody's prepared. There's lots of stuff to talk about, and and I guess the first thing we can kick right into is the assessments and how they'll possibly roll out for us. Uh, they're set up to start in on the 31st here, which is the Monday after this weekend, although... <laughs> Looking outside right now, I'm just hoping that the weather is better than it is at the very moment. Um, so as far as assessments go, yes, they're going to happen. The, there's a schedule that's already out on the, um, the website. So please take a look at that. Make sure you're there. First and foremost, register. Register. No, no, no. I'll say it again. Register. Because if you don't register, you can't really be assessed. As far as the actual assessments go, like I said, the schedule is up online. So you should be able to take your way through it. You'll know what uh, areas you want to get into, where you want to be as far as placement goes. Uh, the ages are all there. The years are all there to make sure that you uh, get yourself into the right um, place where you need to be. Um, as far as numbers go on the pitch, they're going to be relatively the same as what we've gone in regards to the cohort sizes. And for the most part, the age groups will be, I don't want to say they're going to be the exact same cohorts, but they will be pretty close. And um, I, can t I, can, I, I can get you to chime in there, Dean. You, you have a bit of the understanding with the sort of the breakdown on how those groups are going to work. Because I know that some of the groups will be moving up in age groups. Uh, and some of them won't. Yeah. So, um, first, gotta say sorry about the confusion emails out this week. Um, a lot of things to deal with in here, basically because of the cohorts. Uh, trying to figure out who's going where, and sometimes we're still trying to figure that stuff out based on when, where people want to try out and where they don't want to try out. But U nine to U thirteen, basically, you'll be with your same cohort come these assessments. Um, there's only one tryout session for those groups. Uh, so for like the U12s, they're moving to U13. All those kids that were in the U12 sessions will be at those cohort sessions if they register. There may be other kids coming in that are new players that will be assessed based on against your the kids that were there already. So Yeah, so I mean, and taking that from a technical side, I mean, we, 
we obviously want to make the right decisions and the right assessments on newer players coming in. Mm -hmm. And the only way to do that is based on the players that are currently there. So if those current players don't show up, then there's a problem with new intake of players. So everyone has to be there. Everyone yeah. needs to register. Everyone needs to be at these uh, assessments because it'll it'll help us confirm the the players that are coming in that and the placements really where they're going to be and the placement where they'll right. end we up. We already have assessments on the kids that were in our program in the outdoor. We yeah. have those already. It's just the base the new kids against our current players. Yeah, yeah, for sure. U uh, fifteen or U fourteen PDB and up. Yeah. It's um. That's where the confusion lies and where players get to go and can't go because of the cohorts we had because we haven't had the 14 days. Um, basically, in those groups, uh, where you want to try out, indicate that on your registration form. Um, be prepared to go to that time unless we tell you that you can't be at those sessions because you're, you're changing cohorts. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing. I mean, a lot of this falls into much like it did at the... pre-sessions that we had in regards to uh, the outdoor portion of of how we ran things, it's AHS dictating to us how these cohorts operate, numbers, you know, the transition. If players are going to switch, there's a 14-day period that we have to have in between. So uh, all this type of stuff comes in and becomes a factor in how things develop as far as um, the programming goes and how things will develop as far as where the players will be placed um, at the end of the day. And and the placement of players, we have a timeline of when we're going to announce those. or And it could be earlier than the deadlines that we gave out in the email. I think the Tier 1s are next Friday. That's the deadline for us. Tier 1s and PDP next Friday that we're going to say, you're on the team, not on the team. Yeah. The next week will be by the Friday, I think the next week or Thursday next week. Yeah, the twos and threes. Twos and threes will be there. And... I really have to preface this too. People, and I'm going to say this right now, I said it when we started the outdoor program, have patience. Have patience with us. Have patience with the staff here at the club. There is a lot of moving parts to this whole thing, and it's some of it's out of our hands and is in the hands of both Alberta soccer as well as some of the league factors between EMSA and ESA as well as the uh, AHS. So just bear with us. And, you know, I, I know everyone wants information. Everyone wants to know how things are going on. And based on the knowledge that we have right now, this is the information we're giving you. So just be as patient as you can be with us. And, and much like the outdoor season and how well that ran, this will run well. Um, we just we just need your patience in, in how, it ha- how it's handled and how we go about it. Yeah, and... Another thing we should talk about is the new kids coming in. Um, if they have been with another cohort, another sport cohort, uh, 14 days prior to these assessments, um, you need to send us an email that you have been involved in that. Our technical department and the coaches will work through that program, uh, possibly talk to the players, see where they played, um, and determine hopefully the best fit for that program. We also could have another intake on the 21st of September where players can actually come and see those uh, compared to our group that we've selected already, if there's room on those teams. Yeah, and, the, and the whole thing is just make sure you're registered uh, yeah. because if you're registered and you come out, obviously, you know, you're going to get the first crack of being involved and, and being assessed. So and Dino's comment, just to chime in on the 21st, that's going to go to some of our players that opted out of our outdoor COVID as well, right? Yeah, so that's a yeah. big one for that too. Yeah, yeah. Which, which makes a ton of sense. And, I'm, and I know that there are quite a few players based on um, speaking with the coaches that were involved with the different cohorts that there are, you know, pockets of players that haven't played during the outdoor months that are definitely coming back in the indoor months. So be aware of that. Register early. And, uh, yeah, we can make sure things happen for you moving forward. Yeah. Somebody's saying can hardly hear. Oh, really? Can hardly hear? Hang on. So give us an indication here. I'm about to crank this up. I was toying with it earlier. How about now? Are we? I just want to make sure because I know it's very slight. Um, if you can barely hear this, but if I crank this up too much, then it then it sounds horrible. So whoever chimed in and said you could barely hear, can you can you let us know again whether this is uh, loud enough or not? We'll give you because there's like a seven second delay from when you hear me and. When you actually respond. So we're waiting. Hello. 
Yeah? Is it good? Okay. Fantastic. We'll continue on. I've dropped the F-bomb a couple of times already, but hey, fantastic's just the way we are. Um, so moving along from the, I, I'm hoping that's answering some of the questions, reassessments. I mean, for those of you that have been in the club, uh, you know, in the past years, it's not that much different from the way it's been other than the length of it, because um, we have gone through a bit of a process throughout this outdoor where uh, we kind of know where the players that showed up where they will be and where they will end up. It's this is more for the newer players that are coming in. And uh, again, those ones that have already gone through the outdoor program, we still need you there so we can assess the new ones coming in based on the skill levels that are around and available. Yeah. D-dubs. I think the other thing as well is that we're having assessments a little bit on the early side, but it's an opportunity for us to get our programs running and allow us to get our preseason sessions going as well. Yeah. Um, which is, is going to be, a fantastic thing. Oh, I got to stop saying fantastic. You know, that's a real struggle. Use the goat. Uh, use the goat. <laughs> Just what they need on Facebook today. Um, oh yeah. They'll hear that. I'm hoping that uh, yeah, you can chime in if you like the goat. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's, we just want to get programs rolling and get us out early and, and moving along as quick as we can. Um, distorted. Turn it down. um oh, now it's distorted a bit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There we okay. Go. There's one question that came in that says, do all players, including those not in Phoenix need to be in assessments? No, it's just for Phoenix players and the players that want to play Phoenix that have to attend assessments. Yeah. Community players, it'll be the same process as always. We'll just assign each of the teams come the end of September, early October. But that's so. still a big one for registrations on the community side. Yeah, we, we need, need to make sure registrations. are Yeah, so, so definitely on the community side, grassroots side, if you want to be involved, you need to register as well. And, uh, I mean, obviously the sooner, the better, we don't want uh, age groups getting over full and not having enough to fill a, let's say a secondary team. So the quicker you get involved, the quicker you get yourself up on, on, uh, on our registrations, both on the community uh, grassroots side and the Phoenix side, the better it's going to be for you in the long run as far as uh, making sure the programs are rolling along tickety-boo. Yeah, and the early bird deadline for the community group is August 31st, so Monday. Okay. So, so save $25 so, if you register right away. Yeah, so you've got some time then to to, to do this since this is uh, Wednesday for Facebook uh, when you re-listen to this. I'll try and get it out as soon as I can, uh, most likely by Friday, which will still give people an opportunity to, to hear this and then get online and register, which will be good. Um, so as far as the assessment process goes, I mean, I, I'm, like I said, we'll move along from that unless there's another question there. Anybody? Anybody? There's a question about fees. So... I can take that one on. The fees in, okay, in yep, sure. To, for the Phoenix program yeah, yeah. and possibly the community program. So the fees are based on uh, a cost recovery basis is what we have to remember is that when we have extra programs such as skill centers, academies, the revenue and the profit from that gets spread a, a, amongst all of our members. We can't have certain programs this indoor season because of the cohort groups. Uh, we're limited to the field time. We can't get gyms. So Phoenix teams and community teams are only practicing at, at Millennium. That increases the cost. There are things like, um, you know, if we're uh, looking at probably having a smaller membership this indoor season because of COVID, then there's overhead costs that are shared amongst a smaller group of people. So we are trying to do everything we can to keep the cost down in regards to league fees for the Phoenix program. They may be included in the current fee structure. We're not saying that the full league fee would be chargeable. We don't know until we have actual numbers. Yeah, and we're still waiting to hear from uh, it's ESA and AMSA in regards to some of that, how it's going to actually fall out as far as the, the costs go within that. Speaking of which, um, we kind of want to, I, I, I kind of wanted to touch base or have us touch base on the uh, ESA mini tournament that's going on right now. And so one of the questions was why, why weren't we involved? And I think as a collective group here, the decision was it's too tight a window to be involved in anything. And um, it's, it's just it wouldn't give us enough time to be able to, uh, A, put the teams together, get them involved, get them out on the floor, and then get them going. Plus the short period of time that you're going to be playing was just detrimental to, to development and to play. 
as much as you want to get out and play games, we want to do it in the right way. We want to make sure that as a club, we're doing things correctly for the development of our players and 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 how we want to see things moving along as far as the the, the, the clubs and our players go. So that was a decision, a, a collective decision on the technical side as well as the admin side to to, to just say, look, we're going to step away from this one and um, and just focus and concentrate on the the assessment process and then getting everybody ready for the the leagues that are going to be coming up and the seasons that are coming up. Yeah, and we wanted to make sure it wasn't going to affect our cohorts going into our September 21st training as well, right? I think that was a bit of an unknown if that would impact us too much. So we had to make a decision that it's going to work for our programs. And end of the day, we definitely want our kids playing games, but we had to make a decision. I think it was the Wednesday or Thursday yeah, and the was, declarations were on the Friday. It was so. very soon to, to have to get you get the information out there and it was just too tight to be able to pull that off. So that I'm hoping will, will alleviate some of the questions that uh, people might have in regards to why that, that happened. Um, a little bit of the structure for you. So let's talk a little bit about how East is going to roll out, how EMS is going to roll out and, um, Oh, Sherwood Park's going to roll out. Yeah, and Sherwood Park with the with the community side of things, yeah. of course. Dude, we'll can I jump in really quick? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. There was a question from Jackie if there will be an 06 girls team. Um, you know, barring any differences with registrations and whatnot from the outdoor, we plan on having an 06 team. I know some people think with PDP that there might not be a Tier 1 or a Tier 2 team based on those players, but mm-hmm. we do intend to have an 06 team, which was coached by Alex uh, Melendez. So yeah, it's the plan. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so I'm, I'm going to throw this other part of it over to Dean, just to sort of give you a bit of a breakdown on, uh, well, just on, on the thoughts of how they're going to be yeah, um, making things happen for us. For sure. Um, let's start with the community league, our SBSA league yep. first, um, since that's our league that we're putting on. We're going to try to make the season as normal as possible. Um, you look at the weeks we have, um, I think we're guaranteeing 15 sessions per uh, age group or per team, basically. Um, but that's games and practices. So um, we're looking at possibly for U9 and up, could be nine, ten games, five or six practices. Um, it'll be the same day every week. And once we start going, what schedule will look like, um, be one game against a team, uh, possibly play that team two weeks in a row, then you have a week off. You switch cohorts, you play against another team two weeks in a row. Uh, that week that you have off is would be a practice week uh, with the same team that you've been playing against uh, the previous week, but the curtain will be down at Millennium Place. So um, that's how we're running it, basically for you nine and up for the game situation and the practice situation. Four to seven, it's basically just as normal. We'll have everybody on the field. Um, depending on the number of teams, we might have to do a court situation, but we'll have four teams on the field, they'll be able to play. Uh, switch each week, um, looking at basically 11 kids per team um, and one coach on the field per team. Um, we might have more coaches per team than that, but only one coach will be on the field because we have to have less, 50 people or less on the field. Let's, let's, we may as well nail this one right now too because I know it's later on, but we can talk about it right now. And that's the spectators that are allowed in for MP. So Millennium Place is only allowing for both sets of stands together at one time 52 people so that's 26 per side that's all that's allowed in there they're being extremely strict about it and you know so you're gonna have to make that decision whether one parent or there's two parents i mean you'll really have to work it out based on numbers so think about it if you're playing against another team there can only be roughly 13 parents from one team 13 parents from the other team watching these games um, and again, it's just a different time, folks. We're, we're going to have to get used to this until things expand a little bit more. Um, we can get more into the spectator side of the other groups and what's going on there uh, when we talk about them. So go ahead, D. Yeah, uh, just to jump in with uh, with Dean. So with the the U seven, sorry, the U four to U seven program, that will be um, again a program that will be delivered in training curriculum for the for the kids and to the coaches, the volunteer coaches, and there'll be uh, myself uh, as a technical uh, support there uh, within the program, and then in the younger age groups, which is Espinosa. 
Um, the U9 and the U11 program uh, will also have a training curriculum uh, provided uh, for the coaches that will be involved there with my support as well. Um, and we're looking to have a small-sided game structure kind of uh, implemented on the training uh, week uh, when teams are not uh, participating in the uh, the full field game. Uh, and it's something that we're implementing in, in for this year. But that would be the structure there. And then from the 13s and up, uh, we'll be, again, like Dean said, it'll be as normal as, as we can um, for trying to get uh, games in and, and sessions. Okay. And as usual is the case here uh, with the uh, soccer talk in the park, I'm going to take a quick break here. Uh, you're still going to have us going live. We're going to just pause for a split second to, to create a bit of space here for the lovely commercials we like to throw in for our podcast. So um, for those of you listening on the podcast, you are listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. We'll be right back. Today's podcast is sponsored by Mr. Lube, taking care of your car on your schedule, not ours. Mr. Lube. And we're back. Yeah, you didn't miss us at all, did you, Facebook? I didn't think so. Um, DW in with uh, Dano, Dean, D, and Debbie. Wow! The quintuple Ds. Oh, God. That's different class. That's going to be the show name, isn't it? The show name. Welcome to the quintuple Ds. Oh, geez. We just, we just lost 20 listeners. I know. <laughs> or people are sending us some notes about, uh, yeah. what, what do you mean? What's a quintuple D? I don't want to know. Um so we are back. We were in the midst of chatting about the uh, uh, community just now, um, community um, season program. and how it's going to roll out the program exactly. So let's switch to EMSA. Um, just a couple more things yeah, about yeah. community. Um, back with the spectators, our U4 to 7 group, um, we must have at least one parent remain at the field. Um, and again, only 52 people can be in there. So we have 40 kids on the field, and 40 kids on the other field. We are asking that only one family member comes. Don't bring uh, both parents, both grandparents, and three kids with you because there's not enough room in that place. And that's not our rules. That's Millennium Place rules. Yeah. Um, also, kids will have to come dressed because although the change rooms will be open, you can only have five kids in the change room there. So come dressed. Be prepared to grab your kids' clothing. Take it with you. Be around Millennium Place, outside, whatever. But watching the games in the stands... Only one at that age for four to seven. Nine's the 19. We're asking that no parents come to watch those games because we're going to have four to seven age groups on the other side of the field that will need those spaces in the stands. So we're asking you guys to do this. Um, again, it's Millennium Place that's putting these rules in, um, and they'll be enforcing them there. So um, I know there's been a couple questions of when certain age groups play. Unfortunately, I don't have that in front of me. But if you go to our website under the community tab, click the age group that you're in, click the um, indoor, pro indoor program outline, yeah. and it's all in there. Um, so that's where those are. It's amazing how much stuff is actually on the website. Like I, 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 I'm stuff. not trying to be facetious. <laughs> I'm, I'm being serious. There's Everyone a lot looked of at stuff. you and thought, what's going on? <laughs> what's a website? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, let's slide over to the EMSA. EMSA programming um, and your... EMSA programming, um, community side, is a little different. Um, so we'll talk about that as well, uh, how that's sort of going to play out, because we have U15s to U17s that sometimes go into the EMSA program. Uh, they sort of threw a curveball at us this year. They're only allowing a maximum of 12 players per kid on a team. So they're going to have a cohort group of four teams that play together, play the three games, and they'll have a two-break break and do that. We may not go into EMSA. We may have to combine age groups here, 15, 17, 19, sort of like what we did in the outdoor for the training program, worked very well out there. 19s, uh, we're not rough against the U15s out there, so there may be some combining of age groups just because of the numbers that we may have. Um, it was great, I have to say, and I, I'll, I'll go back and reiterate some of that outdoor stuff that happened. It was really nice to see some of these groups and how, the, how well they worked together. It was great, I yeah. loved it. Um, so now for EMSA, and ESA is probably the same way. I haven't really seen the structure for ESA yet, but it's basically going to be running like our uh, community program. So we're going to enter teams as normal, boarded, non-boarded. Um, you'll have cohort groups. You'll play against the same team probably two weeks in a row, 
maybe twice the same day. I'm not sure how the schedule is going to work. And then you'll have that 14 days off. So you won't have a game for 14 days. Then you'll play another team at the end you, of that. You'll still train within that 14 yeah, you'll days. you'll train within our program. Exactly, but, but you won't be playing another yeah. match for two weeks. And they're looking at 15 games, 14, 15 games for that as well, middle of October to the end of February. So um, they're trying to run the league as normal as possible. It's just a different, I guess, vibe to a, a different, different take spin to it, on it. Sure. So um, there'll still be standings and stats and stuff like that. You might not play every team. Um, but they'll try to get as many games as possible against each of the teams. So Yeah, we'll jump back to the spectator part of that. So if we're playing the non-boarded game, there are zero spectators allowed in any of the facilities that are non-boarded. That would be the Domes, uh, either one, yeah. uh, and the Victoria Center as well. Uh, Victoria, I'm guessing. I haven't heard much on that. Yeah, we're Turf, still- t- Turf Training Center, if you're training there, no parents are allowed in there is either. So yeah. we're limited on the spectators, so... Unfortunately, we won't be able to watch our kids. I'm yeah. one of them. So. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which which can be tough, and I know, especially if you're used to it, and or especially if you have some of the uh, the younger type players. I, I know you want to be there to, to to be with them. You can you can be in the parking lot. You can be a stone's throw away from us if we have to come out and grab you for whatever reason. And uh, God forbid it's for any other reason other than okay, we're finished. Well, can you, know, you take them home? Yeah, uh, and you can buy the coaches Slurpees or whatever you'd like to buy the coaches. Although the boarded Tea, facilities. Coffee. Yeah, the boarded facilities in Edmonton, you're allowed to watch your kids play in those. So any of the soccer centers in Edmonton, they'll allow spectators in there. I think they've ran ball hockey and had some success. I don't know if they had spectators in, but maybe that's why. Yeah, it's... It's uh, difficult to keep all the rules. Bigger complex as well, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's funny. I I, I really think there's starting to be a little bit more of a lean towards... Uh, spectators coming in. I, I've uh, happened to hear the news this morning and and watched uh, how the Montreal Impact opened up their stadium to allow players in. They played against uh, the Vancouver Whitecaps mm. the other day, and there was I think there was only 250 players people in the stands, so it was very sparse. Each section had a certain amount of people. I don't know what's 250 divided by the sections. Quick, quick. Have, have you not figured that out yet? <laughs> so anyway, I, I think. And knowing Quebec was one of the tougher places as far as COVID went, um, let's hopefully see some of this change a bit for everybody. And and then, you know, the more we fight it outside of uh, (laughs) outside in the stores, uh, the better it's going to be for all of us in the long run. Um, So ISA, AMSA, very similar. Uh, The spectators thing we've we've kind of sorted through. Community's good. we could talk a little bit about the, the PDP and how w- our club is dealing with that, uh, if you don't mind. Having yeah, there might be some questions about that along the way, but we're going to look to... one, just, will there be games, a game component? For, for the PDP? For PDP. Okay. Yeah, at this time, we're not sure if there's going to be a game component for the PDP. Um, we're waiting to hear back on word from Scottish and St. Albert about how they're going to set their program up, but we are going to be set up with our 06s and 07s training two to three times a week at Millennium Place, uh, TTC, and hopefully sometimes at foot. Dino might be able to provide some information on that. Uh, There will be a sports science piece, um, a nutrition piece, strength and conditioning. So they're getting a lot for the program. It's going to be uh, led by Kurt Bosch, and hopefully we can kind of keep the cohorts in 06s and 07s with genders, but that's kind of to be determined at this point. Yeah. Uh, And uh, again, a lot, this is where the patience has to come in Uh, uh, more so about when you're asking about games and things, I'm positive. I don't want to say I'm positive, but I'm pretty, pretty sure that there will end up being games of some kind uh, Mm -hmm. for the PDP groups. There has to be in order to get development, but they are going to take some time to be worked out uh, mostly between ourselves, St. Albert and Scottish uh, and a little bit of the uh, Alberta Soccer Association is going to be stepping in because it's it's their baby to start with. So, um, and facilities is a big one. This probably will be a question at some point. Yeah. I know you know there's the 6 a.m. kickoffs last year. Um, it was really an exhibition series that we ran. Um, Scottish discussed it with um, us in St. Albert in regards to field time and space and what we could do and get on to get the 11 v 11 game. Um, we want to make sure we have those opportunities for our players, but we're not sure what those times are going to look like. I mean, is it ideal for our players to be training or playing a match at the time? No, it's not ideal for sure. We understand that. Um, It's almost similar to a hockey scenario that we're kind of, we take what we can get. Um, I'm concerned with COVID that it's going to be that even more some, Um, but we'll do what we can. If we're not getting the, 
the matches with with Scottish and St. Albert. I think we'll look to use our foot times that we have throughout the weekend and try and get 11 v 11 matches that way, whether it's, you know, within our cohorts and we'll definitely manage our program accordingly to get those kids the opportunities to play. Yeah. And, and it's, it'll, it'll happen. It, it will happen again. Patience is, is everything uh, with this whole COVID thing going on. Um, um, go ahead. Daniel mentioned a good thing about facilities. Um, you look at the dome, you look at foot field. I think right now the limit of number of people in those facilities is a hundred people. So we're, mm. We're struggling even with MSA ISA trying to figure out field space of how many games that can go on in these facilities at one time. Mm. Uh, as you, some of you know, you go into those facilities and there's four 77 games going on at Scottish. Right now, if the rules stay in place, you could only have two games going on at one time. So we're struggling with the facility spot part of it. We're struggling with um, the cleaning part of it where even our Millennium Place fields, we're, we rent an hour and then we have to wait 15 minutes. It used to be 30, 15 minutes for them to clean, then another so we're losing facility space at Millennium Place as well. So it's all over the map. Foot field too, where you can put a bunch of players in there. It's yeah. we rent a quarter of a field, we can only put twenty players on that yeah. quarter of a field. So. And I'm glad you launched into it because that was going to be my next sort of topic to bring up was the facility component to it. So um, I'm hoping that alleviates some people's thought processes as to what's going on facility wise. Mm-hmm. Dean's just sort of uh, let you know for the most part that. You know, gyms are out simply because of the way schools are operating and uh, allowing people to be involved in entering their schools. Um, MP, again, with the cleaning scenarios, uh, thank God they've gotten that time frame of cleaning down because yep. originally it was up there. It was like a half hour or more to, to clean a facility after each use. So um, that definitely struggles because then now you're each after each use you're losing a half hour of time and by the end of the day that's it adds you know, up that's, that's two or three groups for sure that would be missing out normally so um although there's yeah. still time slots that are going to be missed and it won't be as great and again and with the facilities you'll see when the schedules come out we're gonna have to start at 4 30 this year we're gonna have kids going later when we don't want them to go there there might be a nine o'clock time when they usually should be only going at eight o'clock it depends on the facility or what we get for times uh, so again, be patient with us. That's all we can do. We don't have the facility space like we did last year, um, but we're working with what we have. So we'll rotate the times around as much as we can so that yeah, not everybody's it, at 430. Exactly. And not everyone's going to be going till nine o'clock or starting at nine o'clock at yeah. night. It'll, it'll be a rotation and, and we'll try and make this and, and keep it as, as clean and as fair as possible with, with what we're given yeah. uh, as far as the time frames go. And, um, and with facilities too, I've been given a bunch of diagrams of, Entrances, exits. Um, Millennium Place has an entrance exit for our facility. Tier Training Center has one. Scottish has one. So they're taking the precautions for this COVID. So um, they'll be there. And prior to the season starting, we will have this both up on a website and uh, Dean will come to your house with a a box of cookies and give you the uh, map. No, I'm kidding. With a mask on. He won't do that. (laughs) (laughs) With a mask on. Uh, No, but we'll we'll have information up on our website for sure. Um, As well, if it's viable, we'll we'll put it into an email and send it out as a a mass email um, to everybody. So you'll have that information as far as entrances and exits. Um, I, I, it was funny. I was, I was talking to someone who uh, was talking about the Scottish dome and, and they were saying how they've got two revolving doors. One of them will now be the entrance. The other one will be the exit. You can only come in one way and you have to go all the way around the facility. Yeah. So if you're, I want to say unlucky enough to be playing on the field closest to that door, you have to walk around the entire building to leave again, minor point, you're playing the game and you're mm-hmm. getting an opportunity to to have matches against somebody else. It's so. a good warm-up for the kids. The parents won't have to go in anyway. So. Well, it's not a warm-up. It's a cool-down. That would be a cool-down. Cool-down and warm-up. Yeah, there you go. There you go. If, if you're going the long route to get to the other thing, for sure. Um, any sort of game day stuff you want to touch on right now? Or I know we're still working through, again, everything. And most of the game day scenarios and procedures, all of this stuff will will most likely be the same as what we've already put out there or, or what the government's already put out there. So we actually have a return to play manual that we put up on the website and that, that everyone, I think, were we, did we send that out as well, Debbie? What? The, the return to play manual? Did that get sent out or was it just up on the website? It's on the website and I believe there was a link that was sent out for the Phoenix for sure and community. I'm not 100% sure. Okay, so so then head to the website and, and you can check on the return to play manual. And uh, that gives you all the references you need as far as game day procedures go. 
I really don't see them changing uh, with the COVID uh, plan of attack in here. So um, if you're concerned about that, you can definitely look up the manual and see what's going on that route. Would you like me to answer that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I did reply on here, but if you want to just maybe give more. Yeah, sure. I mean, the, the PDP program, people are, are, are asking uh, about the expense to it. It's almost double the amount of product information, programming. time, programming that you will get uh, as compared to, let's say, our Phoenix program right now. Um, these programs cost money to run. As far as what you get, you're, you're on the field more, you're in a gym more, you're at a training facility more. There's so much more that goes on to being involved. Yeah, the weightlifting, all the different uh, physical end of things, the mental training, the nutritional training. There's a lot that goes into these programs that you get. So if you're concerned about the the price, um, just just be just just let it be known that there, you're getting more information and more programming than you would in any other type of setup as far as football goes and I soccer think goes. I think one of the main things as well is that all of our Phoenix teams are getting half a half a pitch. The PDP teams are all getting one full-size field yeah. per team. The facility time alone is a big cost in any program and especially in the PDP program. Yeah. And and it, and it's the uh, if you if you truly look into other clubs across the country um, we were, we were on the lower side as far as prices go for the same programming. So I know of clubs in, uh, in Vancouver that pay, you know, $2,200. Uh, I know clubs in Ontario that play, pay $3,000 by the end of the program. And, and there's others that pay 19. There, there, I think there might be one or two of the smaller clubs that might pay a little bit less. Um, but it's not by much. And, and again, it's, uh, it's, it's a lot involved with running, the these programs um sorry Hang on. we don't even have to go that far we can go down to the clubs in calgary and, and their prices for their their tier one type programs are are in and around what uh what the pep program we have right now yeah so i mean uh, honestly if, if you case in point and i'm going to throw this out there and i'm probably going to get a slap for for saying it but that program we ran in the summer the same cost for 24 sessions that we had uh, other clubs in, in our same area were charging the same amount of money for eight to 10 sessions. So I, you don't see it because you don't hear about it. Uh, but at the end of the day, we take care of our players and we do it as best we can, as frugally as we can, um, without trying to lessen the, the amount of uh, programming, without uh, lessening the amount of uh, technical support that you get and the type of technical support you get. It's it's pretty top-notch, so um, it, it all falls in line with, with the way things should be across the country uh, with regards to these types of programs. Um, so There's a question. Will the U17 Phoenix play games on a full pitch? It, not 11 v. 11, but like a quarter on a 7 v. 7, or I think, are they playing 7 v. 17 or 8 v. 8? 9 v. 9. U17 will be... More likely playing 9v9. Yeah, 9v9. Yeah. So that'll be on a bigger Again, pitch. Again, depending on facilities. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the yeah. whole thing. That's where patience has to come in. Uh, I know some of the facilities are still asking those questions of themselves and haven't really been able to pass along information to to us as, as far as what exactly is going to go on. Um, be aware, we're going to try and make sure that all the older groups end up on the on the proper size fields for the, for the, for the games they'll be playing. Um, so I think we also have to mention about the contact tracing. We still have to do contact tracing for indoor. So it won't be the staff, the SBSA staff checking people in like we did in the outdoor season. <clears throat> It'll be up to the coach and the managers to provide that contact detail for every practice, every, every game. And then they'll have to, you know, submit that information into our office, you know, within 48 hours. So that because we have to provide that for AHS in case there's a an outbreak. So it's almost like setting up a, a game sheet that you yep. would normally do for yep. a game. Check, check, check. These players are here for training. Thanks very much. And I don't know if you have to say exactly. thanks very much, but <laughs> <laughs> something to that effect. That's what game sheets we for for games. Yeah, exactly. Right there. Yeah, whoever's there. So it, it'll just be the same thing for for training sessions as well. Um, do we really need to talk about officials? Who really likes officials? <laughs> you know. 
I, I think Derek uh, Douglas isn't going to like this. No, one. Derek, I, I love you, man. I love you. Um, I think the only thing oh, I can let you do, Dean, if you want to talk about officials, I think basically it's going to be one official in the penalty box yeah, for so, the boarded. So for community insured park, we're just having one official in the box, no official on the field. So, so if the two man system, there'll be one man system in the box. And that's all because of cohorting, uh, that allow our official to ref more than one game every two weeks, um, so he can ref back to back games. So he and the numbers allowed distance. at the field, and the numbers allowed at the field. So it's um, not the best that we want to do, but it's what we have to make with right now. It's better than just having a Donny Brook, huh? I just wanted to say Donny Brook. Sorry, You're dating yourself. I'm not dating myself. Uh, yes, it's probably why I have no hair anymore. Um, Questions from distance? Questions? No? Thoughts? No? There's a few. I just don't know if Debbie's tackling some of them. Or I am, are yeah. You? There's some questions about, so, uh, if you, Daniel, if you want to talk about this for the U13, U15, for the fitness component or the technical component that we've, modifications we've made come this indoor as do, far as technical support. Do you want to take a quick break just before we sure. get into it? Is that okay? Yeah. So, so tell you what, folks, and once again, uh, Facebook Live, please hang in there. It's going to be a split second here. I've got to take another break for... Uh, our lovely sponsors of the podcast. So you are listening to Sherwood Park District Soccer Association's official podcast. This is Soccer Talk in the Park, and we'll be right back. Today's podcast is sponsored by Mr. Lube. Fast, warranty-approved oil and fluid changes. Mr. Lube. Yes, we're back live now. Well, we've always been live, but now we're, we're live on the recording of the podcast if you that's if that's if that's live <laughs> i nailed it <laughs> fantastic sherwood park soccer district soccer associations how many times can i say soccer in the same sentence try this is soccer talk in the park <laughs> i'll say it again there we go um we're in with dano dino dio and debbio <laughs> i'm dw the, the quintuple d's in the uh, little boardroom here oh you're really Enjoying liking that one a fantastic time here and uh, numbers dropped our numbers, our numbers <laughs> dropped. Come on. Um, so, and we were just about to talk about the under 13 program or touch base uh, a little bit. I think it, it pertained to Lynette's comment about the U17 tier threes. Um, you know, we, we made a decision, I think, for the last couple of years to do our online store, which I think has proved to be very successful and allowing the teams that want the technical support to be able to come and contact us and have a little bit lower fees and then, you know, have it by a session by session basis. I think that's worked out well. Um, just with how I think these eight weeks have ran and gone that we wanted to implement that back into our programs. Obviously, we're limited with our staffing and being able to get out and make sure we're running those sessions. So we opted for the time being to do our 13s and 15s and embed that into their fees and in their programs. Um, as far as I'm aware, we've removed that cost from the 17 fees and they would allow to be purchasing sessions from the online store. So it's not to say we don't want to provide anything or we're not going to provide anything. Um, I expect some of our groups, you know, less, for example, has been great, you know, yeah, providing, sure. um, wanting technical support and we want to make sure we can still provide that to yep, them. So sure. and it gives an opportunity too when you use the online store that you have multiple technical leads, which is, which is great to work with those groups as well. Yeah. Yeah. That makes total sense. Um, so yeah, uh, it's a fantastic thing to to be involved with a club that offers so much. I, I, I you know I, I don't know how many other clubs can offer as much as we're, we've been able to offer here, and and everything's well thought through. We try and think through things as much as we possibly can, so it benefits the 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 players and the parents within this club and our members as I, a whole. I think there was even questions, and Debbie, you might have got to it, but there was a couple of people asking if they could stream games through the winter. And I mean, just yeah, it yeah. goes to your point that it's like we've we've started to even not saying we were taking it off, but we've tossed those ideas around. Like we yeah. do think the game through and what we can provide to our members as much as possible especially in this time too yeah for sure for sure and i think that's a fantastic idea to try and stream games i mean it would take a camera set up at uh, a facility that bring uh, your podcast equipment you can bring, play, you can bring you can the podcast equipment play and by it, play i play by, oh, oh was that a shot <laughs> no they missed the target no i wouldn't want to get involved with we don't know what it said <laughs> i just want to touch on um somebody's asking about the fees for tier two tier three it's really difficult to explain the fee structure. Um, there's ASA fees that we have to pay, and the fees can honestly range from $4 up to $30 per player, depending if the player played an outdoor, 
and if they're playing an indoor things like that and then the fees go up by age group so although you're sitting you can sit there and look at say a u12 fee and a u13 fee and the program may appear to be exactly the same there's fees associated to certain age groups that aren't relative to a, a younger age group so we can't just look at the bottom line fee and try to say that it's the exact same because it's on paper, it may appear to be exactly the same, but it's completely different. The player numbers as well from U12 to U13 go up, so that makes a difference. There's so many. I have about 10 spreadsheets that, you know, how I calculate the player fees. If anybody wants more clarification, it's probably easier for you to give me a call and I can try to walk you through it, how we get to the numbers, than trying to explain on a Facebook Live. And that makes sense because there's going to be a couple of different iterations that you have to go through to get the appropriate numbers based on, again, like you've just explained. I actually just got that explanation about the ASA fees yesterday and it was, it's like, wow, could they not, you know, simplify things a bit as a, as a group? So um, a lot of that doesn't come from us. It comes from uh, outside entities, whether it's the CSA or the ASA. Um, there, there's some involvement that goes on there for sure. Um, I don't know if there's too much more we were looking to attack as far as how things are going to roll out for indoor. Um, the floor's kind of been open here the entire time with questions and, and people, uh, expressing concerns or thoughts as to, uh, you know, can, information they don't know, but if you've got some I'm stuff, just, I'm yeah. just trying to s scroll through some of these questions. Uh, Debbie kind of answered it. I think there was somebody asking about a fitness component. So strength and conditioning for the PDP that is going to be embedded in their programs. Um, once we have our facilities and know the days, the days and the dates, we're going to try and periodize that. So we'll look to tr hopefully try and get that in on a Monday, but again, everything comes to facilities. And I think we earmarked anywhere between 13 and 15 sessions for the strength and conditioning. So that's going to see us through the whole winter. And again, it's about double of what our Phoenix players currently have as well. And that's for the PDP. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if uh, anybody wants to know if uh, D's got a sauce or something he wants to give us. Uh, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I know D's a chef, and I was just trying to, I was going to bug him a little bit and say, hey, you got a recipe. Time to take that uh, break, D-Dubs. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody wants a poblano crema recipe, I do have it available for you uh, upon request. Oh, uh, I am just poke, poking fun at the chef. And speaking of chef, the new space Dano has. Here in the office, oh, he's fantastic. That is our kitchen. It yeah. is. He's he's got a very short reach to the fridge. Wow! And uh, his new nickname is Chef. It's quite the yeah. It's quite the beer Chef fridge. Dano. But um, he makes a pasta that's really good and <laughs> definitely don't. <laughs> oh, There's yes. a question about the U19 program, the new program. Dano, do you want to speak to that? I can a little bit. I think it was a great initiative that Andreas and I think some of the tech department and Debbie kind of. Um, really ran with the course of this outdoor season. It's just an opportunity for, I think, those players, and I think most often it's going to be for males and females, but I think it's going to really pertain to our females right now that are in grade 12 and are in that bridge between youth and adult soccer. And it's, you know, wanting to have a little bit of um, consistency in their programming. So we're going to offer, and it's going to be an opportunity for the girls to remain together for Phoenix players, girls from outside. I know we've been contacted from some outside members. Uh, they're going to get together. They're going to train in a structured and great environment, and we'll have opportunities for them to, again, depending on the cohorts, move up into our women's program, get matches that way, and we'll hopefully can get some 11 v 11 matches as well. But again, it's a new program, a new initiative. Just got to give us a little bit of time with it. It is going to be spearheaded by Andrea Schillen, who looks after our adult program and obviously has done a good job with our 17s and our 03s, so a little bit of consistency as well for uh, the coach there too. So that's kind of the... Most of it. Now, I didn't get to see the match, but that final match they played for this outdoor program was yeah. great. Some of the photos I saw, some of the stand shots, uh, it looked like there was so much fun going on with that group. Yeah, a little bit of thought went into it, and, and Bosch and Andy were, were bantering the whole day about it and, you know, <laughs> getting a leg up. So, yeah, it was good. It just creates a positive environment for the players, right? Oh, and for I, sure. I think it's great the parents can enjoy, and just it was, it was a nice day, and, yeah, it was a great, great game of football for sure. Yeah. Dean, did you have something there? You were you were looking like you were. Um, I was sort of thought. paying attention to Dano there, but not much. Oh, um, okay. I just wanted to say, yeah, trying to get games with that group. Um, again, we have to be patient because mm -hmm. it's the cohorts. 
it's tough to find games when other teams are in leagues and stuff like that. Yeah. So they'll find games, um, but they have to figure out who they're going to play against and work all that stuff out. Is this we're, cohort we're, thing is just driving everybody nuts. You know what? And, <laughs> and that's, uh, Dean already reiterated it, but it's, we come back to that patience thing and, and trying to give yourself a bit of, okay, it's, it's a, it's a different time frame for everybody. So to get to the, the, the points where we're playing matches or, or just, you know, making sure that we're involved in the right areas and stuff, it's going to take a little bit of patience, a little bit of time. Actual seasons here don't start until October. Yeah. Mid October, beginning of November. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, here we are in, you know, at the, towards the end of uh, August. So the preparation starts now for sure. And uh, we'll be we'll get our things going and get the wheels turning and uh, we'll definitely have everything in place before any league season starts. Um, and I'm sure there's going to be some shifts and hiccups within both ESA, EMSA, all the different groups out there. AHS, AHS, exactly. <laughs> there may be some differences going on there within the whole COVID and what's going on case wise in the province, and and that may shift some things for. For everybody. Um, but the biggest thing I can say is make sure you are registered and you are registered in the appropriate age level so we can place you in the right spot. Okay. Both on the community side uh, as well as the Phoenix side. Okay. And, and just make that decision. And if for whatever reason you cannot show up, make sure you're sending an email to the club saying, yes, we want to be involved. We, we got to spin our two weeks first because we've been in another cohort, so we need to shift. As long as we have all that information, we can definitely, you know, start the ball rolling for you in, in regards to placement and, and how things will align for yourself for the indoor season. Um, D-Dubs, yeah. there's, a, there's a question from Jackie here. Uh, Dino might be able to finish it off because he did finalize the assessment schedule, but um, it's asking about the Tier 2s. Um, says there's not a time slot for the tier twos for 2006, but there is a tier two U15 assessment scheduled, but it's listed under 2007. So our 2007 are going to be our tier two because they're going to be um, our first year U15s and our 06s will be our older group in there and they will be our second year. But I don't know how it's listed on the assessment. Yeah, that's how it's listed. So the 2006 are the tier ones. Okay, so it's 2007s are Perfect. the tier twos. Okay. Uh, it's age specific for those yep. age groups. Hopefully that answers that one, Jackie. Yeah. Any other ones coming down? And just, just to give you the heads up too, um, with Facebook Live, continue to ask your questions throughout uh, on Facebook and, and the club will, I'll be honest, Debbie will try and answer your questions as soon as she can. Well, I'm trying to answer them now. <laughs> no, I understand yeah. that. But I'm just saying if the questions come in afterwards, we're not going to just stop here. We'll continue to uh, try and respond to some of the questions that you might have. You might have thoughts afterwards. And, and then on our Facebook page, you can ask those questions. And hopefully we can, we can answer anything that, uh, that comes your way. So I got some clarification about the sport cohorts and the school academies. It looks like there was um, some, uh, ASA was trying to get some clarification about this a couple of weeks back and they weren't sure about the school academies if that would be part of a sport cohort. Mm -hmm. It's looking like it possibly will be a sport cohort. So players will have to choose between school sports, academies, or their club sport. Wow. And that was more decisions by the start of the day. So like, yeah. that's just yeah. how much yeah. it changes. You can only be part of one sport cohort. So school academies, is a including school academies. Yep. Yeah. So, well, I mean, that's, <laughs> and that's something new for everyone to take into consideration. I mean, here we are just getting a qualification as to what's going to happen and what the criteria is as far as the cohorts go. So this changes from day to day. It was the same thing with the, with the outdoor scenario. Um, we were told one thing we were going to start. We had to postpone it an entire week based on new information that came to light and having to change things uh, around for our membership. Um, so again, patience, people. Um, it's it's, it's going to happen. Everything's going to work. The only way it happens is if you're registered and we can and we can get the ball rolling with as far as the players go and our numbers uh, and make things correct in that regards. Think through exactly where your young player wants to be. Um, do they want to be at the club level? Do they want to be 
in their school? Do they want to be in an academy? Um, thoughts are they're, they're, they're friends and stuff. Everyone's going to have the same questions. So um, as much as we can help out and, and, and make those decisions easier by having the structure that we have, hopefully uh, everyone can make those decisions and, and not be too upset about them. Please keep in mind as well, I'm just going to add that we are following the guidelines of AHS and ASA. Please be kind to us. We don't make the rules. We're only following them. We understand the frustration. We understand COVID and the impact it's had on everybody's lives. Um, Just, you know, we're just doing our jobs. Please don't, you know, regards to anything about COVID and and the, and the guidelines or anything, we're just following the rules. Yeah. And and it's the same thing. It's just, (laughs) this whole COVID is just as stressful for everybody uh, within the office as well. I mean, we're, we're, we're people. Well, I'm not, I'm, I'm a little more special, but I mean, we're all people in, in regards to, <laughs> come on, have a little bit of a smile. I did. I laughed. I was oh, under okay. the mask. I, I keep forgetting. We all have masks on. I can't see anybody smile, but uh, yeah, no, we're all going through the same process. So um, yeah, patience. There, there, is definitely. Yeah. Question by Jackie. Um, confusion about the tier one, tier two, tier three. So the tier one program, it, everything is a two year age group. So tier one is the second year of that age group, right? And no, tier one is second year. Second year. Tier two is the older version of the second year. So the younger of the two year age group. So tier one is U15, for example. Tier two is U14. We try to keep it as age specific as we possibly can. It's a little bit different than hockey where you start at the highest tier, then you work your way down. We are age specific. So then you have viable groups going all the way through. Tier three can be a mix of both age groups. And unless we have enough players, then we have an age specific tier three team of the older and age specific tier three of the younger. Correct? Right. Yeah. And so it's U15 tier one is the 06. U15 tier two is the 07, which when you look at our PDP, it's U15 and U14. Just so yeah, people are clear with the age, you know, because everybody's got different needs in regards to when they're Son or daughter is born, it gets a little bit confusing of how we talk in here. So the 07s, tier 2s, the 06s, tier 1s for U15, to answer that one anyways. Anybody need the goat sound? No? I don't think so. How about a little chat? Um, Debbie, the school academies or the sport academies, I think somebody had asked, is that 100% confirmed? Like, did As of right now, yes. But like DW just said, it could change. We, we have not been given any official um answer in writing mm-hmm. it's just what i've been hearing or just was found out from asa yeah so okay. I, that's again that's something that the ahs will have more control over and the school boards will have more control over obviously to alleviate some of those uh pressures within the school board they're shifting some things around mm-hmm. as, as far as their sports having teams having their academies all that sort of stuff i mean schools are like anybody else they need to earn some money to to make the schools and the school boards run mm-hmm. so some of these academies in particular for schools that have done extremely well with them uh, will try and continue on but now there's got to be some judgment okay well is this a separate cohort then right then uh then let's say a, a team sport within the school or an outside club uh, and is there an effect so all of this stuff changes with 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 each day with each change in what's going on with the whole COVID-19 scenario with cases, um, whether Ms. Mrs. Henshaw wants to uh, change some things around based on what's going on in the hospitals or we just, we're all at the, I don't want to say we're at the mercy, but we're, we're all at, uh, at the same place where we have to really watch what's going on. Nobody wants this to, to be around forever. Um, and the only way to correct it is to, Socially distance, stay away from the mall. And, and if you're going to go out somewhere where there's a group, wear a mask, you know, don't go to the bars, don't go to restaurants. If you don't have to, you know, pick the food up, come home, mm-hmm. you know, that type of thing. I, it's, I, I'm preaching to the converted here. I mean, it's, it, it's not that difficult, but in the same respect, I know how tough it is for everybody to, to want to get back to normality, to go out and do things. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know what to suggest about that. That's just something that as individuals, we have to make that decision, what we want to do and how we want our lives to be uh, in the next few years. I would prefer to see this over with. And so I'd rather take the precautions that we need to take to make sure that uh, everything gets back to normal. Yeah. Sorry. Um, just a question on here from Chris. Um, how many players will you take for PDP and tier two? Um, 
think U15. Um, obviously, nothing set in stone. I think for our PDP, I was talking with Kurt this past week, and it's an opportunity that we want to have probably looking at 18 players, um, you know, potentially more. It depends what the assessments show us and, and what players are going to be out. We also have to keep in mind that this is, um, you know, with COVID and the AYSL not happening, um, you know, lending itself into next year, it's going to be a preparation season going into that. So we want to make sure that, you know, we're not coming in with 15, 16 players and then coming to AYSL, we're trying to look to, you know, top up players and and keep them up to date with the methodology that we're trying to put in place as well. So um, for the tier twos, for the 15s or um, for the tier ones, rather for the 15s, uh, we'll, we'll look anywhere from about 16 players, 17. Again, it, it could depend on uh, the quality for sure. And it could go as high as 20. Yeah, it'll, it'll really <laughs> depend on uh, what, uh, what, the, what the coaches are looking for as far as uh, numbers go and, and training goes. Well, we've been at this for about an hour now, folks. Um, I'm hoping we've alleviated some thoughts and some questions that you might have had in regards to uh, the indoor season moving forward. I think the exciting stuff to really take away from this is, A, there's going to be leagues. B, there's going to be games. And, um, you know, C, Bob's your uncle. i seen just seen a um, question on there about EMSA 12 players, ESA 12 players. EMSA, the 12 players, is for community. Club teams, premier teams, it's business as usual. It's regular Regular rosters. rosters. Um, For our younger kids, it could be 12. Older kids, it could be up to 20. Anything could be up to 20. So it's 16 to 20 for the older kids, 12 and up for the younger, U12 and below. East is the same way. It's regular games, regular rosters for our premier club, competitive Phoenix teams. Another question. She's scrolling back to see. Um, so somebody missed the question about uh, are parents allowed to watch the practices and games? Games in Edmonton and any of the Edmonton leagues will be a no unless it's in the boarded facility. Um, practices will be limited as well. So it's probably, for the most part, a no in the uh, majority of the age groups other than the U4 to U7 for sure. Where there has to be at least... One, one parent. Yeah. A maximum one. Maximum one parent. Our coaches um, subject to the cohort rules, very much like we had in the outdoor season. If you're able to socially distance and keep, you know, wear your mask when you can't be socially distanced, then you're not considered part of that cohort group. No different than our technical leads. They will be working with multiple groups. They will be having to wear a mask whenever they're working with, with the groups. Yeah. So, and I, and I think the numbers will be the same. So if a cohort's, you know, you're only allowed 50 in total, was it? No, I guess the indoor is going to be different with the sizes, right? 50 per field. 50 per field still, yeah. And so places like Scottish and foot right now are 100 per field okay. for that big facility. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Matt Oosterhouse has said, thinks there needs to be a distinction between school-based programs like Vimy Ridge or J.D. Bracco. And for profit academies like BTB. So he's thinking, uh, he's just thinking that there should be a discrepancy or a difference between it? You think there should be a distinction between school based programs? Okay. And, and I'm, uh, again, clarity is, <laughs> is, is what we're after. So I, I'm sure we will have some clarity in regards to any of those thoughts. I mean, we're not part of the school board and, and we're not part of the AHS. So. That'll that'll just continue to flow. Uh, I, I think once school gets started, I think we'll start to see a little bit more of either easing or restricting of different programming within the schools. Uh, and that'll also pertain to the sports within the schools and then the academies within the schools as well. Well, I'm sure that uh, if anybody sees this um, Facebook Live and has an opportunity to, to take a look at it at a later time frame, um, once we finish the broadcast, we will upload it to our Facebook page and you'll be able to, uh, check it out and listen to it all again. Um, you'll be able to fast through my idiocy and my bad banter, but you know, that's, that's up to you. I think people tune in for your banter. <laughs> I'd like to think that, but no, <laughs> sadly, sadly not. Um, I think part of it's my gestures and stuff, which you can't actually see or my you facial can't. expressions with the mask on. Can't. It's the, just not quite the, the same. The blue looks good. The blue looks good. Yeah. Should I have a crest somewhere that says love? Yeah. Could. 
DW's house. DW rocks. Something like that. I don't know. Pick up your SPDSA and Phoenix masks from Sluggos. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, funny you should mention that. Sluggos, I was in there today. They actually have masks, and he will print the logo on the side for you. So, um, again, all your product can be picked up through Sluggos as far as uh, the SPDSA and Sherwood Park uh, Phoenix product. It's all sitting there. You can get it done for you. I wanted to do like a Sluggos, the official official apparel supplier of the SPDSA. (laughs) They are at the moment, so you're not lying when you say that. Could be your commercial. It could be. (laughs) That could be something we put in between the spots here. Um Listen, we're going to wrap this up here. We, we've been going at it here an hour and, and five minutes, and uh, I'm hoping we've been able to answer your questions and, and talk to everybody a little bit about uh, what's going on and what's coming up as far as the club goes with our indoor season. So from Dano, myself, Dean, D, and Debbie, the quintuple Ds, baby. Um, I want to thank you for tuning into us Facebook Live. And uh, hey, You're listening to the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association Soccer Talk of the Park. We'll be back again in the near future. See you. You've been listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. 